0: You need to stop helping the most people and you need to start helping people the most. Welcome to Own the Future, a podcast made by and for change makers where we gain the courage to own our story, the freedom to own our craft, and the power to own the future. I am your host, Lucas Grobot, and thank you for listening to today's episode on not helping the most people. On why you should stop helping the most people. I know it doesn't make sense, but trust me, it will. In 2015, the UN, bless their hearts, developed 17 global sustainability goals with 169 targets, 169 priorities. And they said, we are going to help the most people. It looks great. It sounds awesome. But uh, as we learned from Hera a few weeks ago, the first time the word priorities was used was in the 1950s. Before that it was always priority, a singular, not a plural. And here the UN has 169 goals. This 169 goals Will cost an estimated $2.4 trillion a year. Here is the problem there is only $140 billion a year to be spent on these 169 goals. So, what do we do? Well, we want to help the most people. We want to make the most people happy. We want it to appear that we're doing the most amount of good. So, let's spread that $140 billion across all of the 169 projects because it will make us feel really good. And so by the year 2030, we won't realize how much good we didn't do because we were too busy looking good and making people think we were awesome. I say we stop helping the most Amount of people. And instead, we need to start helping people the most. You say, well, Lucas, uh, I don't really understand. What are you suggesting? Well, I'm not suggesting anything, but the Copenhagen Consensus Center, led by Bjorn Lomberg, is suggesting something. Bjorn is an economist, so he doesn't care about politics. He doesn't care about what feels good. He cares about the math of what ones of these 169 projects, targets, are is actually going to make the most help in the world. It's actually going to benefit the world most. For every dollar spent, what return on investment are we going to get across these 169 targets so that we'll get the greatest return on investment for every dollar spent? But what you might be most surprised to hear is that the things that are on his list aren't the things that are trending in society. For instance, what's really cool today in society? Well, one thing that everyone loves to talk about is renewable energy. He did the math. He's an economist. I'm not. But he did the math. And for every dollar that we would spend, On doubling renewable energy, we'd actually only get an 80 cent return, meaning for every dollar that we spend, we actually will lose 20 cents on creating renewable energy. Now the argument might go, well, it's you know gonna be really worth it, it's gonna save the planet. But renewable energy only constitutes or only could constitute one percent of our energy consumption. Worldwide. It's not going to make an impact. And he goes on to lay out a foundation and an argument to show that if all the countries all together took on climate change, spending trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars, one to 3% of global GDP every year for the next hundred years, that we might be able to slow global warming by one percent or 0.5 degrees Celsius. It's negligible. And the impact on our economics from that global warming is only 0.2 to 2% negative impact on global GDP by the year 2070. So what does that mean? It means that if we focus our dollars elsewhere on things like TB, tuberculosis, that that will actually have a greater impact on our society, on our economy, and probably create better inventions that will help global warming on the long-term macro scale than if we threw all our dollars against reducing carbon in the atmosphere with technology that we don't even have and haven't been tested. So he has a lot of things on this list that we would probably be really excited about And we would think that, well, we're going to help the most people. Let's do these things. Let's help the environment that actually doesn't produce much change, such as increasing protected areas in the environment. We'd lose 15 cents for every dollar we spend. Cutting outdoor pollution, we'd lose 70 cents for every dollar we would spend. And you'd probably be more surprised to hear that the things that are going to have the greatest impact on our society are kind of boring. The economists say that every dollar that we would spend on getting contraception to women would have a $120 return on investment in society. Meaning that we spend $1 on getting contraception to women. Both This is also taking into account getting the contraception's there, the time that the women have to go to clinic and pick them up, the education, et cetera, that it would have a global impact of 100 worth, $120 in betterment of life, uh, global GDP, et cetera. It is not saying that the UN would have a return on that investment and they would make money. It is saying that it would benefit society by a specific dollar amount for every dollar that is spent. And this has been derived through an exhaustive cost-benefit analysis by these economists and check-crossed by multiple other economists in the globe. Another thing that was surprising that he encouraged economists and the UN to invest into was aspirin for heart attack therapy. And that for every dollar we spent on aspirin, we would get a $60 return on investment. He argues that the things that we should be investing in is tuberculosis, the world's largest killer still today, even though we have medicine to be able to stop it and solve it, but we're only using it in the Western world and we're not using it in undeveloped nations. Tuberculosis causes families to lose incomes, children to lose parents, and for every dollar spent on eliminating tuberculosis, which we could do in a matter of years, it would give us a $43 return on investment. But the biggest winner across all the 169 categories was free trade. That's right, free trade. For every dollar we would spend on creating free trade economies across international borders, we would get a $2,000 return on investment. That means for every dollar we spend, the globe would get $2,000 return investment, lifting 140 million people out of poverty, which would have enormous impact on our globe. So what am I suggesting? I'm suggesting that we stop helping the most people and we start helping people the most. And oftentimes, helping people the most looks like doing things that aren't flashy, looks like doing things that won't get us a lot of likes on Instagram or Facebook, that won't get us a lot of oohs and ahs from the people around us. Because saying that you're Working to to end TB in the world is like, oh, okay, well, good for you. I didn't realize it was an issue. But if you say, I'm an activist that is fighting against global warming, the room's going to stand up and clap. But where are you going to have the most amount of impact that's going to cascade across generations? It's going to be the TB. It is the unsexy, the boring, the mundane, the focusing on the ones and the twos rather than the millions and the billions and going deep with those individuals, deep in those sectors, deep in those areas of skill and being able to do the most amount of good, the most amount of help that will make an impact. So what does this mean for you and I who maybe aren't global economists, who maybe aren't in the UN, or maybe not running governments. I'm glad that I don't have any of those jobs, but how does this apply to our businesses? How does this apply to our personal lives or our finances? Well, the answer is simple. It's don't do everything. Don't be spread thin. Focus on the areas that will make the greatest impact the greatest return on investment in your life. Don't worry about being friends with everyone. Ask yourself, who are the, the strategic and the key relationships that I need to pour into in this season, that I need to strengthen in this season? If it's in business, it's don't worry about all of your customers. What is the small amount of customers that are actually your best customers? The 80-20 rule. What is the, the 20% of your client's hell base? and invest into those clients. Build up those clients because they will grow your company. In those relationships, what's the 20% of relationships that are the the most life-giving relationships, the strongest relationships? Pour into those, go deep into those. As a creative, what what is the area or the niche that you can go down into that will create the most creative art, not just a another replica of someone else and something else that someone else did once. That's not just creating a a duplicate or a replica of someone else's work. But this takes courage. This takes boldness. This takes going against the status quo. It takes going against the direction that everyone else is going because the world loves to go to the flashy things. But you and I, you and I, we exist for a purpose. We exist to leave a a mark, a dent, an impact on the world, even if it's just on our families, even if it's just on our relationships. We exist as change makers. It is through the boring, the mundane, the generous acts that no one sees and maybe no one will celebrate that will impact the world and shape generations to come and shape the future to come. So the question that I am leaving you with today is, do you want to be on the in? Do you want to have the badge that everyone thinks is cool? Are you going to jump on bandwagons, mindlessly going to and fro, frantically trying to do something, frantically trying to go with the trends and the waves of yesterday? Or are you going to lift your head up and look up to those mountains and say, you know what, I'm going to go over there because something, something is great over that way. And you're going to depart from the hysteria of the masses. And will you stand up and do something that's brave, that's generous? That's not helping everyone, but it's helping someone in the greatest way that you're able to help them. So I leave you with this. Stop helping the most people and start helping people the most. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Own the Future. Please remember to pass this on. Sharing is caring. Share this with a friend and stay tuned for next week's episode as it is very much a continuation of this thought with my dear friend, Brandon Polk. Here is an excerpt from that episode. And I think that that's a lie that I definitely have told myself is that helping. One person mm. means that I'm responsible for every person, and that if I set sort of this this um, this integrity within myself to help my neighbor, then all of a sudden that means that the world's going to be looking to me, you know, to um, feed or clothe all of the homeless people in Washington D.C. In the listening back and editing through this episode, I have found myself uh, convicted and guilty at every turn with every word that comes out of his mouth. So if you are happy and settled and you don't want to disturb your nice, perfect, self-centered life, then do not listen to the episode. But if you want to grow, if you want to be a change maker, then subscribe and listen to next week's episode with Brandon Polk. Remember, if you own your story, you will own the future.